Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. I have a hard time uh, just thinking, God's going to give me something out of the clear blue. So I have some... some um, traps to check where spirit may be uh, any given week um, as a prompt for our message for the for that given Sunday and one of one of them is uh, the lectionary and on Thursday night at the cultivating joy group uh, someone mentioned the lectionary it came up in in our time together and um, this is this is just a winner of a week it's a it's a banner time in the lectionary today. Um, so that's some setup. As a kid, and maybe as when you were a kid, um, I was taught that the way to present anything, especially, say, journalism, say you're going to start telling a story, you need to start with the five W's. Who, what, when, where, why, and how, some smart aleck in the back seat would, back seat, back, you know, of the classroom would add, and this, this is the motif that jumped out at me as I just poked at the Bible in this week's collection. So I'm going to read rapid fire four texts. Listen for what, who, where, when, if you will. Micah 6, 1 through 8. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead your case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear, O mountains, the Lord's accusation. Where am I going? I started too early. There we go. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before God with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will God be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? But God has showed you, O mortal one, what is good. And what does God require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I'll give you a hint. That section is titled, What God Requires, in the online Bible I used. Psalm 15 is our next one. God, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Actually, let's do this one from here. Psalms for Praying by Nan Merrill, Psalm 15. Oh, beloved, you invite us to rest in the abode of your heart. 
to forgive our weaknesses and renew our love? Who will respond with hearts opened wide to love? Those who walk with integrity, who are in harmony with your word and sing the heart's song, whose tongues speak truth, judging not others and seeking only the good, whose eyes behold not the outer garments of the body, but see within the inner robe of love, whose own weaknesses are acknowledged and brought to light in prayer, those who are just in all affairs of life and take not advantage of another, those who dwell in the heart of love, who act justly with integrity, will join the dance of life, will sing the songs of joy. Their family, friends, and indeed the world will be blessed by their love. The New Revised Standard states, who shall abide in God's sanctuary? But Nan puts it as, who will respond with hearts opened wide to love? Our third text is 1 Corinthians 1. 18 through 31. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are suffering and perishing, but to to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise one? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know God, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Skip ahead. The foolishness of God is wiser than humanity's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than humanity's strength. Think of who you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast. The text says, where is the one who is wise? And the fourth comes from Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12, the Beatitudes. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. The disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. 
for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When I set those four texts next to each other, I heard this entirely upside down thing. What does God require of us? Three things, doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly. And then who shall abide in God's sanctuary? That second text gave this whole nother list of, shall we do these other things, X, Y, and Z? Shall we do all the acts and the forms that don't distill into justice, kindness, or mercy? Or does it show up in some other way? Then the Corinthians passage, where is the one who is wise? God upends our idea of wisdom into what we might call foolishness. And the Beatitudes, whoever wanted to be in the first category, like every one of those doesn't sound like a good time. <laughs> the brokenhearted, the poor in spirit, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Anytime that we know lack, and Jesus says we're blessed for it. There's something so upside down, countercultural and counterintuitive about the way God invites us to be. God only requires those three things. And how are we to determine who is qualified or what applies, how, who it applies to? I wonder how often we think that the XYZ things, the bringing sacrifices, the um, fancy robes, make more sense to us. And in current, in a, in a today sense, not in a biblical robes and sacrifices sense, what are our forms of XYZ? What are the things we've gotten attached to doing that we forget aren't really ABC anymore? They aren't justice, kindness, or walking humbly. And especially, what will people call us if we do the upside-down things, the countercultural? If we resemble the persecuted or the imprisoned, call us fools, call us irrelevant. I saw yesterday that uh, Shane Claiborne, um, Christian troublemaker, activist, posted on Twitter that he got arrested again this last week and that he always smiles in his mugshots because he knows he's on the right side of history. I loved that. <laughs> Call me what you want, take your mugshot, file it wherever you want. But I know what I'm about. Or the irrelevant. I think it's Frederick Beekner who says that only poets and pastors are deliberately irrelevant. We're trying to upend, upend the status quo. So what does God require of us at West Hills Friends? Who do we think shall abide in God's sanctuary? Where is the one we would say is wise? And when Jesus sees our crowd, what words would Jesus have for us?
Oh, and one more thought from the lone wild bird. Sorry, youths, psych, sit down. Just kidding. You can leave. You can leave if you want to. Completely forgot. The song, The Lone Wild Bird, I have loved this since I came here, and I learned this from you all. And today I heard it differently. Speaking of the upendedness, why do we need to st state that the bird in lofty flight is still in God's presence? When I think I'm in flight, I'm not attached to gravity, so I don't feel the ground beneath me. Or the next verse, the ends of earth, the seas dark deep, the far off land. If I don't see it on a map, if I don't have light to see by, if I can't breathe underwater, all of those would be so disorienting, and yet that's precisely still the heart of God, the presence of God. And I think that's another reason why we gather every week, because this is a nonsense way to live. So thank you for being people who do it together and keep heart. Let's listen. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.